Hello, and welcome to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Shirley, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. Each week, we will be releasing sermons and studies delivered directly from the pulpit at our church. Our goal with this podcast from Calvary Road Baptist Church is to make the gospel and sound biblical preaching more available to a wider audience. We hope that these sermons will be a blessing and an encouragement to you each week. As the scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's word. Numbers chapter 15 and verse number 37, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations, and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe, that you may look upon it, and remember all the commandments of the Lord, and do them that ye seek not, and that ye seek not after your own heart, and your own eyes, after which ye used to go a-whoring, that ye may remember and do all my commandments, be holy unto your God. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you this morning, God, for allowing us once again to come to your house. God, I thank you, Lord, God, for keeping us all safe and bringing us once again uh, together, Lord, to worship you. I thank you for the songs we've heard. God, I thank you, Lord, for the spirit that we felt in our hearts. And God, I pray if you would... Help me, God, to deliver this message, Lord, with power from the Holy Spirit. God, I pray, Lord, that You'd help me, God, not to have any any flesh or carnality or pride or sinfulness, Lord, that might stand in the way of me delivering this message, Lord, with power and unction. God, I pray, Lord, that the hearts of every man, woman, and child in the church today would be in unity with mine, God, as we look in the Scriptures, God. I pray that You'd bring us together under the banner of the Holy Word, God, that You'd speak to our hearts, Lord, that You'd show us those things that we stand in need of. God, how desperately do we need You today? Make us better than we were when we came. We love You. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. In this passage, the Lord begins to speak to Moses and to give him some instruction. <clears throat> and just to give you a little bit of, a, uh, of an idea of the setting, this is taking place in chapter 15, and if I'm, uh, if I'm correct in my remembering, it's chapter 13, it is, and chapter 14, where the children of Israel came there to Kadesh Barnea, and they sent in the twelve spies who were gone for all those days, and they came back and brought an evil report, and the children of Israel denied God and rejected God and refused to enter into the promised land. And once they had refused to enter into the promised land, God told them, that's fine. All of you over the age of 20, your carcasses will fall in the wilderness. Because of their stubbornness and their hard-heartedness and because of their rebellion and their sin, God condemned all of them over the age of 20, with the exception of Caleb, to die in the wilderness. So they had just experienced the judgment of God. In fact, after God telling them that, they said, we're sorry, never mind. And they went in anyway and tried to take the land and they lost and many were killed 
because God said it's not going to happen. You rejected me, and now all of those of you who are older, who've made this mistake, who've sinned against God, who cried against Moses and Aaron, who cried against the Word of God, all of you are going to die here and never see the promised land. This is a chapter after all of that's taken place. So it's pretty near to that time. I would say the wound of those that died, uh, that went in after God told them not to, after they rejected Him, the sort of soreness of that loss is still on them. The fear and the concern and the understanding that now because of their sin, they're never going to see the promised land. It's still weighing on them. And God is now looking at the children of Israel. And if you will, God has sort of created a divider, a separation between two generations of people. Those over the age of 20 and those under the age of 20. Can you all see that? That God said, all of you that are in this gap, in this age group, you're all going to die in the wilderness. And those of you that are under, I'm going to take you and you are going to gain the promised land. So they are all aware of that. It's not a secret. And so as God comes to Moses and He gives Moses these instructions of things that they need to do going forward into the future, you need to understand that He is specifically telling the younger generation. Because the older generation are never going to reach the promised land. Now, it may be their job while they're here to go ahead and tell their children to do these things, but it is going to be the responsibility of the younger generation to continue this tradition. And the tradition, first of all, we see here there is the token in the verses. There in verse number 38, the token in the verse is this. Uh, God spoke unto Moses saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. So God gives them this token, this physical thing that He wants them to start adding into their clothes. You say, well, what is a fringe? Well, uh, this is actually, it became a Jewish tradition. It's something that they call a tzitzit, which is a weird word to say. A tzitzit is the fringe that they would add in. Y'all see those tassels hanging off of these hallelujah uh, banners up here? That's kind of like what those fringes were. They were braided tassels that they would tie onto their clothes. And later in the book of Deuteronomy, they're instructed to take them and to put four on the four corners of their vesture. And these tassels, they were were there to represent something. And and this specific one, this tzitzit, this, uh, this fringe, was created as a reminder. And God wanted them to take this token, and first we see that it is a common thing. His statement here was that they all do this. Amen. Speak unto the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments. He's not talking to just the Levites or or just the high priest, but to all the children of Israel. And he's bidding them that they take these fringes and sew them onto their clothes. Now, say, well, it's kind of a weird thing. The Lord wanted to create something that would be a reminder to them. Now, I want you to remember that as we're going through this, that the whole purpose of this thing is to be a reminder. It's to remind you of something. And He wanted it to be a common thing, not some statue made out of brass or gold that would be in the middle of the tabernacle or something, and when they'd see it, they would think of this. But no, rather something that if they were to walk down the street, 
they would see this. And that everywhere they went, they would see this. And that when they did, they would remember God. That's what He wanted them to do. It was a common thing. You know, we, we think about common things in our lives. They say, for example, they say that smell is the sense that is most tied to memory. Y'all have heard that, haven't you? <clears throat> How that certain smells will cause us to remember things that take us back. You know, and I, I could ask around the room, no doubt, for some examples of that. For, one thing that comes to my mind is my wife and I, when we had first gotten married and we were living in Bowling Green, uh, we lived in a small two-bedroom apartment and and uh, my wife likes Bath and Body Works, the store. And we went over there, and we, it was around the fall season, and we were just kind of getting home decor and things like that. And we bought this candle and those little uh, wallflower things of a scent that we liked for that season. I think it's called Autumn. Is it called Autumn? Is that what it's called? Every year when we buy that same scent, because we both really like it around the fall season, I'm immediately taken back when we plug that thing in or when I pick up that candle and so I'm taken back to that old that apartment we lived in and when we first got married, and, and I remember things about coming in, and it's like it just brings to mind those things. And for some of you, you know, your, your parents or your grandparents might have had a, a certain air freshener that they used or or certain things, or I remember I can I can remember the smell of my dad's old rusted out red Chevy truck. I don't know why, but it's just those things in our minds. It common, simple things that you might encounter. Anywhere that would make you think of something. That is what God wanted with His token. He wanted some small, simple, common thing that they could do that whenever they would see it, they would be reminded of their God. We see not only is it a common thing, it's a continual thing. He said this, He wanted them to take that fringe, to sew it into their garments, and it says this, throughout their generations. It was something that the Lord wanted them to keep going throughout all their generations so that their children and their grandchildren, and their great-grandchildren, and so on and so forth, would never forget. That was his objective. You might think about some heirloom or something that you have at home that when you see it or, you, or you, you find it, you come across it, you think about it, that you're reminded of your parents or your grandparents and things that they taught you. I've got this little blanket that my mother had that my, my mamma, my mom's, Mother, create, she made it for me when I was a little boy, when I was a baby, and it's got all the Ninja Turtles sewn onto it. Amen. There are five, there are five on the blanket. There are only four Ninja Turtles. Uh, that, that always bothered me when I got old enough to realize what was going on. But the four on the outside have the colored, uh, the colored bandanas to represent each one, and the one in the middle, I think, has just some random color because she's like, well, there needs to be one in the middle. And that was my mamma. Amen. She was more concerned about the, you know, the symmetry and looking, you know, than she was about the accuracy of the Ninja Turtles. I mean, I don't know. But when I see that blanket, I think of my, my, my dear Memo, and she was a sweet lady, and she passed away uh, around the year, a year before my wife and I got married. Uh, but I remember her, and when I think about her, and we still had that blanket, and we've got it in there with my children's blankets, and it, it sits there where I can see it. And every time I see it, I think of her, and I think of her standing in church, and I think of her worshiping God and saying, I just want to be holy. I think about her crying in church and, and praying and, and being just a sweet lady who loved the Lord. And, and it's a heritage that I have and a, and a memory that when I see that, I think of all the things that God has done for my family. I think about the stories. I've heard how that my mom's dad went and witnessed to my dad's parents before they were in church and that, that he was involved in getting them in church and how that that God began to pave this path that would one day lead to me and my family being saved and being in church and, 
and being in the work of God and in the ministry. And, I, and I'm reminded of all the things that God has done throughout my life and throughout my parents' lives and throughout my grandparents' lives to bring me to where I am today. And that's what the blue fringe was to be. A common, continual, and clean thing. A clean reminder, a token. You said it was a blue, and that, that, word, that, that color blue is said to represent heaven. We think of heavenly things. When you see and you think of the heavens, well, we look up toward the sky, don't we? And the blue of the heavens and how that, 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 that color represents things above and not things of the earth. And it's like we're commanded in the Bible that we should, we should seek those things which are above. Amen. In Colossians 3.1, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. So we think about how that God, God told them, we want to take this thing, this token, this tassel, to sew it onto their clothes, to be a common reminder, a common reminder, a, a continual and clean reminder. Then we'll look at the thought. What exactly is the thought of the token that God told them to sew into their clothes. Well, he's very specific in verse number 39. It says this, And it shall be unto you for a fringe, that you may look upon it, and remember all the commandments of the Lord, and do them, and that you seek not after your own heart, and your own eyes, after which you used to go a-whoring. So we see first under the thought, we see their seeking. He tells them this, my desire is that when you look on that tassel, that, that seek, seek, that, that fringe, that you will think of God, think of His reminders, and seek not after your own. He's telling them not to live a life for themselves, where they seek after the desires of their heart and the things that they see. And now what He says, seek not after your own heart and your own eyes. You know why? Because your eyes and your heart will always lead you astray. The message, uh, follow your heart, listen to your heart, it's a false message. Your heart is desperately wicked. It's deceitful above all things. It cannot be trusted. Who can know it? That's what the Bible tells us. You can't trust what your heart tells you. You also can't trust what you see. How many times have people looked on something and thought, like Eve did when she saw the fruit in the garden, how that it was pleasant to the eyes, that it would make one wise. You see that? That temptation of your eyes. How many times do we see things with our eyes and think, I'd like that. I'd like to have that. I'd like to do that. I'd like to be that. And it's the wrong thing. It's bad. It's evil. It's wicked. I mean, let's be honest. We look at sin, and it looks nice. You watch TV, and they advertise alcohol, and they advertise a, a lascivious lifestyle. They don't show you the people whose lives are wasting away in the hospital, whose, whose bodies are destroyed by the sin that they've gone out by living a life. That's not what they show you. They show you beautiful men and beautiful women out there just enjoying life, and they just look like they're having the best time. And you see it and you think, man, I want that. I want that. And here's what God said. What you need to do when you see this fringe is remember... Don't seek after your eyes and don't seek after your heart, but seek after God. Isn't that what he's saying? To set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God is telling them 
that they need some reminders in their life that when they see those reminders, it reminds them that they need God. Amen. And so do we. Now, we're not Jews. I don't have tassels sewn onto my clothes this morning. But can I tell you this morning, we need some reminders in our life to keep our hearts and our minds and our eyes set on things above and not on things on the earth. We see their seeking. Then we see their sin. He said this, after which ye used to go a-whoring. And when he said that word, what he's saying is this, that they cheated on God. That's what they did. I mean, God is on the mountain with Moses giving him the basic, first, most simple and straightforward ten commandments of the law. There's just the beginning of the law. And before he can get down, they have taken their earrings and they have made a molten calf. And in spite of what Aaron said, they didn't dump the gold in and his cow popped out. They made themselves a God. And there's, <clears throat> let me say it like this, they weren't far from God. They were right by where God was. Literally, there are thunderings and smoke and clouds on that mountain. Moses walked up and said, nobody touch the mountain unless you die. God's up here. And while God's up there, they're down here making a false God. Why? Oh, because of what their heart wanted. And because of what their eyes had seen in Egypt. They said, well, we want to make us a God. I mean, they saw God, Jehovah, split the Red Sea, take them across on dry land, and then use the water to kill Pharaoh's armies. But they're going to make them a cow. I mean, it didn't take them long to start cheating on God. And in this chapter, they're right in the middle of their sin. In 13 and 14, I told you, they had just rejected God, and God condemned all of those over the age of 20 to die in the wilderness because of their sin. And what does God tell them? You need to look on this fringe and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And we're saying that, here's what He's saying. You didn't back there, and you need to remember what happens when you don't. Amen. We see under this idea there's sin in, in the previous verses. In this chapter, look up there at verse number uh, 32 in chapter 15, if you still got your Bible open there. In verse 32 of this chapter, we are given, it said, While the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. Now, one of the commandments of the Ten Commandments was to keep the Sabbath, keep it holy. They that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron and all the congregation. They put him in ward because it was not declared what should be done to him. So no man decided what to do to this guy. They put him aside. And they said, we didn't, know, we didn't really know what to do with him. He was just picking up sticks. Look at verse 35. And the Lord said unto Moses, The man shall be surely put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. Who? All the congregation. God didn't send fire down from heaven. God didn't strike the man dead as He often does in the Bible. You can see when God will send supernatural punishment. He didn't do that. He said, this man sinned. He broke the commandments. The people are going to stone him. Verse 36, all the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died as the Lord commanded Moses. 
The next thing God says after they stone that guy in chapter 15 is make you fringes. You think that's a coincidence? Why? That you might remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And seek after, seek not after your own heart, your own eyes, after which you used to go a whoring, that you may remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. We see their sin in the previous verses right here. They see what happens to a man who breaks the commandment of the Sabbath, that he dies, that he's stoned to death. And the reason I believe that God wanted those people, the congregation, to do the stoning is because God wanted them to see with their eyes the consequences of sin. Say, man, all that God did was pick up sticks. No, all that God did is break the commandment of the Lord. Now, you better be thankful we live under grace. Amen. But they didn't. They were under the law. And they broke the law. And and let me just tell you, God didn't pass death on every person that ever broke the law. But He did him. You know why? Because He wanted to show them something. He wanted them to see it. And after they've done it, and the very rocks that they picked up from the ground and stoned their brother, He said, make you some fringes. Put a blue ribbon on them. Sew it into all your garments. That when you see it, you'll remember the commandments of the Lord, and do them. In the next verse, I'm sorry, in the next chapter, chapter 16, you know what happens? A man by the name of Korah gets him a posse and goes up and tries to rise up in rebellion against Moses and against Aaron. And they say, if God brings about death to Korah and his followers in a way that no one else has ever died, then God is right and Moses is right, and if He doesn't, then they're right. The ground opens up devours Korah and all his people, and fire comes out and kills all the people surrounding them in a way that no one had ever died before because of their sin. Literally, right before, right after, you see the judgment of God for sin. And so God is saying, remember my commandments and be holy unto God. That's what He said. Be holy unto God. Your God. We see their sin, then we see their Savior in the last part. Because God, you'll find that even though He is a jealous God, and even though He can be a strict God, that He is a merciful God, God could have repented Him of all the children of Israel. He could have done like He did back there in the book of Genesis when He looked down on the earth and He saw that men's hearts were only evil continually. And He said, I will destroy all the people on the earth, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He could have wiped them all out and started over. But Moses prayed that God wouldn't, and God had grace, and God had mercy. And here's what he says to him in verse number 40, or verse number 41, rather. He says this, I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. He's telling them, I want to be your God. I want you to be my people. I saved you out of Egypt. I have blessed you with manna from heaven. I've blessed you with water from the rock. I've defeated your enemies. I'm taking this young generation and I'm going to keep my promise and I'm going to give you the land of Canaan and I'm going to bless you abundantly and distribute you as more than the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky. But don't forget my commandments. I'm God. 
and I want to be your God. So, Brother Paul, what has this all really got to do with us? Well, let's look here, finally. We see the token, then we see the thought behind the token. Then I want you to see the truth. Verse 40, that you may remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. First of all, I want to talk about their countenance. You can look through the Bible, you can look through the history of the Jewish people, and you'll see that the, the, uh, the tradition of this tzitzit, this fringe, this thing, you see that they began to do that. They started sewing it onto their clothes, especially those who were priests and involved in worship and involved in sacrifice and those who were the quote-unquote religious of the Jewish faith, they would wear these things and others would as well and they'd put them on for special occasions and stuff like that. But when you look at this idea, you'll find that it became a ritual rather than a reminder. For example, in Matthew chapter 23 and verse number 30 or verse number 27, the Lord Jesus is speaking to the scribes and Pharisees. He says this, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. The fringes to them became more of a ritual than a reminder. They wielded it as a symbol of their religious superiority. For example, I have on a suit jacket this morning, and this tie, and these boots. And, you know, someone were to walk in this morning and see me over here wearing a suit up toward the front, they might think, oh, well, maybe he's the preacher because I looked the part, right? Can I just tell you this tie and this jacket and this shirt and these pants and these boots, they mean nothing. They mean nothing. I do this out of, a, out of respect to, pre, to present myself as, uh, as, as being respectful to the house of God and putting forth an effort of looking clean, clean, you know, all that stuff and and it's just a respectful thing. But really, it's just a, it's a traditional, respectful thing. And it's, it's good. It's not wrong and bad to do those things. But the fact that I'm wearing a tie and a jacket doesn't mean that inside I'm clean. And the fact that the Pharisees had fringes with blue hanging from their vesture didn't mean that inside they were clean. It became a symbol of their superiority. Oh, if you were out wearing the fringe, then you must be holy. That's not what God said. God said, wear the fringe, and when you look on it, remember that you need to be holy. Amen. And then when, and when you come into church and, and you dress right and, and you dress modestly and you dress right and, and you look right, you look the part, the point of doing that isn't because you're somehow religious and superior. No, the point of, of looking the part and having these things on us, these, these reminders of what we would say, church clothes, is that they make us think about church. Amen. And that's it. Like That's literally it. Modesty and a reminder that we think of God and that we're reminded of God. And those Pharisees, they dressed up and put on all their, their vestures and they had the little stones marked and all that stuff. And can I tell you, their hearts were so empty. 
they, they forgot the, the whole reason those things were there. He said this, Put them on you that you'll remember to not follow your eyes and your heart. You know what Jesus said to them? Your hearts are evil and hypocritical and wicked and you're full of iniquity. They were following their eyes and their heart and they didn't care a thing about the commandments of God. That's their countenance. Then we see their crimes. And their crimes are told all throughout the Bible from this point. How they sin against God. How they turn their hearts from God and their eyes from God. They turn it from the ribbons and the reminders to rebellion. They sin against God and they go the wrong way. What I want you to see, and it's the last thing I want you to see this morning, I want you to see their children. I told you at the beginning of the message here, there are two groups of people. There's an older generation, and there's a younger generation. And the separator is the age of 20. Now in here this morning, I could call out a number, 20, 25, 30, whatever, and I could say, everyone 25 and older sit on this side of the church, and everyone 24 and younger sit on this side of the church, and you could see the separation of those two generations. And that's how it was in the hearts and the minds of the children of Israel, that God had separated the generation. If you're over the age of 20, your carcass is going to fall in the wilderness. If you're not, then I'm going to take you through to the promised land. Now, those children and those young adults, those young people, who were in that secondary generation, that younger generation, heard the message that God sent to Moses. And it said this, Take the fringe and sew it into your garments throughout their generations. That statement was this, not just you, you and your children and your children's children and so on and so forth. You must continue forward and keep going on and keep going on and keep going on and continually do this as a reminder. Not a ritual, a reminder. A reminder that you ought not sin against God. A reminder that God is your God and He is your Savior and that He will protect you and that He will bless you, and that it is He that saved you and brought you out of Egypt, and that these are His commandments, and not to follow your heart, not to follow your eyes. This is the reminder. And these children, they heard it, and they saw it. And in Joshua chapter 2, verse 6, we hear the legacy of these people. And they even had this as a sort of a method they would use. When they crossed over the, the, the Jordan River in the book of Joshua, they took 12 stones, one from each of the children of Israel, and they stacked them together, and I won't turn there for the sake of time, but they stacked them together and said, let it be a memorial to us that when our children and our children's children see these stones, that they might say, what's the point of these? And we say, it's because God brought us over the Jordan. He brought us into the promised land. So they use these reminders and these memorials, but here God said, I want you to put this on all your clothes. I want you to constantly see it. And every time you do, I want you to think about God and about your sin and about holiness and about my commandments and just... Constantly be reminded. And I could ask you right now, what are some things in your life that remind you of your God, that remind you of your faith, like the cross? We see the cross. We think of Jesus. We see our, our Bible. and We think of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see somebody out dressed like this, and you know they got a little track sticking up out of their pocket. You think about God. There's things we see that, that remind us of God and things every day. But in, jo in Judges chapter 2, verse 6, when Joshua let the people go, the children of Israel went every man unto his inheritance to possess the land. 
The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnatheres, in the Mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gash. And also all that generation, listen, were gathered unto their fathers. Which generation? This is the generation of 20 and under in Numbers chapter 15. It's the generation of Joshua. It's the next group. It's the ones who were there that day and maybe some that were born afterward who were brought up just in the next few years in that same generation that grew up and fought with Joshua. They marched on Jericho and they went in and they fought the enemies of God and they saw God do miraculous things and they knew the stories and some of them had even seen the the Red Sea parting and, and they remembered all those things and they had eaten that manna from heaven and they had seen all that God had done. And the Bible tells us there that they served God all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua. All that generation, as long as they lived, they served God. I'm sure they had the fringes, and they thought of God, and they continued with God. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which He had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. They forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods, the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord, and served Baal and Ashtaroth. God told them to put those fringes that they would never forget, and that their children would never forget, and that their grandchildren would never forget throughout their generations. Can I tell you this morning, just because you're in church, just because your parents were in church, just because you serve God and because your parents serve God, or my parents serve God and my grandparents serve God, doesn't mean that my children will. Especially when we, if we walk as Christians and we forget God. It said they knew not the Lord, nor the, the works which He had done for Israel. How did they not know the works? There should have been fringes and ribbons of blue. And when they saw them from a child, when a child saw that and said, Dad, why, why do we wear these blue ribbons? When none of the rest of our clothes are blue and why do we see, why do some people wear those? And his dad should have said, well, that's because of the commandments of the Lord. And these are his commandments. And this is what happens when we don't do his commandments. And I was there that day when the earth opened up and swallowed Korah and all his family because they didn't obey the commandments of God. I was there that day when God sent the, when He sent the, the serpents out and, and they bit them and, and people were dying in the plagues. And I, I was there that day when, when, when your, your grandpa and your grandpa, they rejected God and wouldn't go into the promised land. I was there that day and I saw our family and our friends fall by the sword. I saw them die in the wilderness. But if we'll obey the commandments of God, He'll bless us. That's what they should have heard. But apparently they didn't. 
Apparently, it didn't take long at all for those reminders to just become rituals. Can I tell you this morning, we need to remember God. Your children need to know what God has done in your life. Your children need to see you faithful to God. Your grandchildren, they need to see you faithful to God, faithful to church, faithful to your Bible, faithful to reading your Bible, faithful to praying. Your children need to hear you pray. You need to sit down with your children and pray. You need to sit down and show them the Word of God. You need to sit down and tell them about how you got saved and how, how, how their mom got saved, how their dad got saved, how their grandparents got saved. You need to tell them about, about how that God has blessed your life. You need to tell them about the great, wonderful things that God has done in your life and, and give them reminders and things that when they see that and when they hear that, that they'll think on God. Amen. Your children don't need to see the symbols of our faith the cross and the Bible as some common thing that, you know, well, we only read the Bible at church and we only do this. Everyone. No, they need to know that it is a common part of your life. That Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, that, that if you're not in church, that you're thinking of God, that you're with God. When you're outside of church, you're with God. And that you're talking with God. You're praying. Amen. They need to see God in your life. They need to know the works that He's done in your life. Amen. Has God not done great works? Has God not, not, not done great works in this church? Has He not done great works in your life? Let me tell you, yes, He has. The fact that you're here this morning proves that God has done miraculous things in your life. Your children need to know that. Not just your children, but your wife, your husband, your brothers, your sisters, the others in this church, they need to know what God has done in your life. How that God has blessed you and done things that would be a reminder and a blessing to other people. Every time I see my papa in church, it's a reminder of the blessings of God. Wednesday night when we were down at that cabin after I preached and we sang and, and the Lord blessed my pap got up and gave a testimony and gave his, his testimony of salvation and how that as a young man he'd gotten saved. And he talked about how that, that some of these little ones like, like Peyton and some a little older, the little ones that that they don't have any idea what it was like before. And that if He didn't tell them, they never would. And you know what that is? The blessings of God. And they need to know that God is good. And that He's real. Not that He's just some idea or some ritual, but that the King James Bible and the Word of God is true every word, every dot, every line, that it's there for a reason. What we don't need is to back up on God and to weaken on our standards and to weaken on our stand and to weaken on everything left and right and to conform to the image of this world. What we need is to remind our children that God is real and that God loves us and that sin will destroy you. That's why we ask for testimonies in church. So that you can stand and say, I want to thank God. Like Brother Sam was talking about how that the Lord, he said, I think it was like 11 years you were saying, brother, in your testimony the other day at church, about how that 11 years ago the Lord did this miraculous thing for you and pulled you out of a life of, of addiction and sin. And Brother Sam, I would have never known that if you hadn't told me. 
Say, well, you know, maybe I don't... Well, you know what? Sometimes it's good. You ain't got to give all the dirty details, but it's good to say, God brought me out of this, and my God is real, and He's the answer to my prayers. Amen. What a God. These young ones, they need to see it. Hear it. Because they weren't there when you got saved. They weren't there when God saved you out of sin and degradation, and when God, when God did this in your life and did that in your life. I, I want my children to see the reminders, to see the forgotten fringes in my life, those things, and for them to look on it and say, the God of my mom and my dad, I want Him to be my God. Just because you serve Him, just because I serve Him, doesn't mean that this next generation can just walk away. We're seeing a mass exodus in our churches of young people. Sitting in the back and bored to death. You know why? They don't know the Lord nor His wonderful works. And the time they get 18, out the window, gone. Because they're forgotten in our churches. They're forgotten and we, we are not telling them. We're not showing them. They're not seeing you stand up and testify. They're not hearing you tell the stories of all that God's done. We need to remind ourselves and tell our children of all the wonderful works of God. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon, and we hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.